Hey guys, so we begin to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube. Go like and subscribe there, and you can watch the video portion. Um, but then also you can find the podcast anywhere uh, that you can get your podcast as well. So I did a podcast yesterday, but I kind of teased that we were going to do something today. So but I told you I was going to be late. So it's a little bit late, but Austin can be the first late podcast that we got. So I'm happy that Austin's on. Um, yeah, I've been kind of waiting for him to be on for a little bit. And so this topic came up and I was walking the parking lot at worship last night and I was like, man, who can I get for this? And I was like, let's get Austin. I haven't had Austin on yet. So I'm thankful that Austin Fowler's on and I'll give him a chance to introduce himself to you guys. And then we'll get started for our podcast today. Man, it's so good to be here with you and uh, be on this podcast. I appreciate everything that you do, Jordan, and uh, all the hard work that uh, you put forth for the kingdom. Um, and I really appreciate you inviting me on and being a part of this uh, good work for the kingdom. Uh, my name is Austin Fowler. I live in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, I'm actually a, a school teacher. I teach um, high school math and uh, coach some different things. And uh, I'm a member at Riverbend Church of Christ here. And uh, that's kind of where I grew up and was uh, raised and uh, we do um, I, I kind of and I guess you want to say I'm in charge of our evangelism efforts and so we uh, we really have done well this year we've had uh, today our, was our fifth baptism since the beginning of the year so we, we were really growing we were we got some more prospects working with us and we're, we're doing a lot of good work here in, in Dalton area so we're excited about that yes sir it's so good to see and hear that you're doing so well I met Austin through Ty because Ty actually he was just on the podcast so I met him through Ty okay. And that was uh, 2015, I think, my first yep. year yep. before summer school started. And so ever since that lectureship, oh, yeah. we've always kind of checked on each other. How you doing? Yep. You know, Austin, it's it's always good as the Bible talks about iron sharpens iron. And it's great to have good brethren that you can go to and, and you can talk to, but you also work with as yep. well, hand in hand as we're doing. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, it was it was crazy. I think we were just ran into each other in Illinois one time. And it was like, man, you're, you're here? What, what? You know, it just... <laughs> You just never know when you're going to run into somebody. And then, you know, I, I got to visit several times and then COVID hit and I haven't been back up that way. And, uh, man, it's it's just good to see you. And I uh, can't wait to see you in person again. Uh, yes, think, about sir. What, think about what genre. I can't wait to see you face to face. I know I'm seeing you virtually right now, but I can't wait to be in your presence again. And, and that's going to be good. Yes, sir. I look forward. To, I look forward to that. But until that day, we'll we'll keep studying. We'll keep working yes, this sir. way. Yes, so sir. for today's podcast, what we're going to talk about. Um, there was some confusion on the social media because you're like, what are you talking about? I don't understand what this topic is. So if you saw it on Instagram or on Facebook, when we kind of teased what we're talking about, the topic is keep walking through the turnstiles, keep walking through the turnstiles. Well, what does that mean? So when you think about, uh, you know, a, a sporting event, you know, so here we got the St. Louis Cardinals, right? So Bush stadium, Great, great team. You got you got to go. Great, right? great environment. Great, great environment. environment. Great baseball fans. But in order to get in, you got to go through the turnstiles. And so when you think about what that turnstile is, sometimes that's the one thing that we just kind of we it's almost like we kind of take it for granted a little bit because this is what this is where we're going with this topic. So the turnstile, you have to go through that to get to something greater. But sometimes with that turnstile, what it can do sometimes is different for everybody. And so when we think about that, think about Christ for a minute as we introduce this topic. Keep walking through the turnstiles. Jesus was different for everybody else. So to some people, Jesus was the villain. Pharisees and the Sadducees, we don't like them. You, you claim that you're God. To some people, Jesus was a friend. You think about John 21. John was laying on the breast of Christ. To some people... Jesus was just a nice person. So I, I know if I'm hungry, I can get some food from him. He's just a nice guy because that's who he is. So think about who Jesus was. Sometimes people use Jesus for what they wanted to use him for. So for you, we can find ourselves in the same state. Sometimes people can use you just because you're a nice person. Sometimes people have genuine uses for you. But then just like with Jesus, sometimes people will use you for what they want out of you. So when we think about that topic, Austin, as we kind of uh, introduce this, what do you think about when we talk about the character of Christ and kind of walking through those turnstiles? You know, I, I always think about Jesus and I think about him being the master teacher, of course. 
And a lot of times what Jesus would do would be to get the people around him would, would, would be feed them or, or do some kind of miracle or something like that. And, and relating it to the church, I think that we as the church and individuals as Christians need to go out of our way to um, do whatever it is to reach that individual. Now, you know, talking about going through that, that time, it, it might be difficult. It might be uneasy. It might be difficult, but our job is to go and preach the gospel. And sometimes by doing that, we have to, you know, maybe get out of our comfort zone, of course, but, but maybe go in a, in a different approach, take them a meal, take them uh, mow their yard for them. And some people, what are they going to do? They're going to take advantage of that and just keep taking advantage of it. And you're going to try to save their soul, but they have no interest in that. Right. And, and our job is to, to let them pick, you know, of, of, Hey, you know, we're going, we're going, we're going to show the love of Christ by showing that to you. And, mm -hmm. If, if they decide, hey, we're just going to take advantage of you, we're going to dust the feet off, and we're going to dust the, you know, and we're just going to keep moving to somebody that does say, hey, I appreciate what you've done. I'll sit down and listen to, to what you guys say from the Bible. And I think uh, it's, it's it, we really don't need to worry about our heart so much as the heart of the individuals. You know, we just need to make sure we have the right heart, and then we need to find the right hearts, like the parable of the sower. You know, some are, are not going to hear us. Some are going to you know, hear us and obey it and then fall away, letting the world choke them out. And some are just going to be that good and honest soil. And that's what we need to find. We need to need to do whatever it takes to, to get to that person and reach that person. But if they, if they don't want to hear it, when it comes down to the gospel, just move on. And, and, you know, some people are just going to take advantage because of the physical rather than the most important being spiritual. And we're going to hit a couple of those examples as we, you already got the mind going, we're, we're going to hit a couple of those examples as we keep going. But here's one thing that you brought up as you were talking about the, the character of Christ Here's why Jesus was called the master teacher, because he knew that he knew that whoever came up to him or, or, or why they were there, he knew why they were there. But the thing about Christ, even though he knew, he understood, I can't control them. I can present the material. I can present the father. I can present myself. I can't make the heart change. The gospel can make the heart change. Exactly. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get into the mindset of Christ. And so as we look at his mindset, we'll see that no matter what people used him for, that his mindset was always right from the jump. So no matter what happened, the disciples forsake and flee, or forsake him and flee, or someone tries to trick him, someone tries to kill him. No matter what someone had for him, because he already knew what he was going to do regardless, that's why he was so successful. And we can take that as we evangelize as well. Because Jesus said the same thing's going to happen to us if they hated if they hated the teacher, yeah, yep. they're going to hate us too. So these are some mindsets that we can use to develop to be more like Him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, we as Christians just need to be emulating Christ. And if we emulate Christ, you know, I, I mean, there's going to be people that that number one, like we're kind of already mentioned, taking advantage of us, but also ridicule us. And uh, I think about First Peter chapter four about. Um, you know, if any man suffers as a Christian, let him glorify God in this manner. And, you know, hey, our job is just to live a good biblical life that 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 reflects Christ. And um, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to get to Philippians chapter two here in a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but but but, you know, I always like to use this illustration talking about, you know, I know we're going to get deep in the mind of Jesus. But anytime I talk about Jesus and how we need to emulate him, I always love and love using this example and this illustration. Talk about how the sun, S-U-N, is the center of our universe mm. and how the moon just simply reflects the light off of the sun. And that's how we get moonlight. And we are to be the moonlight. We are supposed to reflect the sun's, S-O-N's light because he is the light mm. of the world, John chapter eight. And we're supposed to be reflecting his light being the moonlight. And I, I just I love that illustration because, you know, it's, it's just it just parallels so well with what our Christian life is supposed to be all about. And, and this what this can do. What we're going to do, Jesus, in this example, in this podcast, what we're talking about, Jesus represents that turnstile because sometimes people walk through and just use him. I'm just walking through so I can go to a good time. I'm just walking through so I can get what I want out of you. But then there were some special people that walked through that turnstile and then they appreciated, you know what? He's helping me to get to a better place. That's the beautiful know, thing about Christ, man. I, and, you know, when, when you kind of mentioned that about, about getting through it, my mind kind of went to James chapter one, just, just for a brief moment, because 
some people they're, they're going to get through it and it's going to be pretty easy for them but some people are, are going to go through that thing and it's going to slow them down a little bit yes, sir. Cause them maybe some pain but but we got to realize hey it's just for a brief moment that here on life is just a brief moment and, and we got to count it all joy my brethren we fall into those diverse temptations or those mm. trials or whatever it goes through because there's something better that we're going to be able to get to you know in, in the illustration that you used earlier it's the ball game, but yep. man, we're talking about something way better than a ball game. We're talking about that mansion that the Lord's prepared for us in, in heaven. That's it. That's it. Now let's see if we can, let's see if we want to walk through that turnstile. Cause remember right. before we go to that first point, remember what Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, let him deny yourself. You have to have some certain characteristics about yourself so you can get in and be productive as a citizen of the kingdom. And so let's look, let's look at number one. So how did Jesus handle this? So people, like we said, people used him for whatever they wanted to use him for. So how did Jesus handle what people were doing to him? Number one, here's the first point that we want to look at. Before Jesus met anybody, his mindset was right from when he was sent down. His mindset has always been right. So let's go to Philippians chapter two. Again, if you're new to the podcast, we love to open up our Bibles here so you guys can go back and check and take notes uh, so that we can study together. So Austin, I want to look at uh, Philippians chapter 2, and specifically, uh, I want to begin uh, in verse uh, number 4. Actually, you know, let's actually begin in verse 1 since we're talking about the mind here. So I the agree with you. That's a good place to start right there because yes, I, think, I think it just gives you that platform running forward. It has I mean, to. Many people start in verse 5, but I think you've got to get the full context starting in verse 1. Yeah, we got to start. we got to start from the beginning. So notice, if there be therefore any consolation of Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies. So before we keep going, notice those conditional words that were just there in verse one, if, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus is presenting this idea, but we have the choice whether we want to do this or not, if it's conditional. So notice those three ifs there in verse one. So now verse two, fulfill ye my joy. Now here's where it gets interesting, that ye might be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. So as we get into this thought process, and we're just going to, basically, we're just going to walk through this in Philippians 2. So here's the mindset that Jesus had. Before anything or anyone could do anything to him, Jesus said, no matter what, I'm still going to do the will of the Father. So we have to have a certain type of resolve, whether when I preach, when I teach, when you help, when you evangelize, whether people accept it or whether people don't, what do we have the option to do? Do I still want to have consolation? Do I still want to have fellowship? Do I still want to have bowels and mercies? How do I fulfill that joy? Be like-minded as Christ. Have the exact same love that he had for us, John three sixteen. So also, as we just kind of look at those two before we keep walking, what do you, what do you see there in those first two verses there? You know, I, I'm kind of keying in on verse number two. Um, of course, like-minded, of course, is sticking out. But I think I think the heart of it's love. You know, um, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. I think really, if you want to summarize verse number two in one one word, I would say unity with the Father. That's it. You know, I mean it. I mean it, it just you know it's talking about like-mindedness. Like if you're on the same page, you're you're like-mindedness. You got to be like Christ. You got to have that mind, like we've already mentioned having the same love and you've mentioned that love, you know, he demonstrated his love towards us. And that while we get sinners, Christ died for us. Now what, what we need to do in that application is, is you've already mentioned it, Luke chapter nine, we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow, and follow him, him daily. And that's, that's kind of how we can have that love is, is by denying ourselves and following Christ. And then again, I'm having, again, that, that's um, being of one accord that that's unity right there. Uh, but it, I think it all points back to the Father and being of one mind, pointing back to the Father uh, or to the Jesus, anyways, uh, talking about our unity mm. with Him. And if if we have that, I think you you mentioned already fellowship. If we have that unity with Him, then there's nothing else we need to worry about. So look at the you just mentioned it. Look at the progression. So before you can start dealing with people, yeah. your unity with the Father has to be right first. That's right. So Christ understood that the relationship he had with the father, that was the first relationship he dealt with. And here's something that my dad would always say, but I didn't really, I didn't really get it until now, but he said, your relationship with God predicates your relationship with everybody else. 
So notice Jesus in those first two verses, he was like-minded as God was. He had the same love as God did. He had the same mind as God did. So therefore now he's ready to serve. Maybe and we're not ready to serve because we don't have the mind of God yet. That, that's that's a great point. I mean, and, and we're going to get to verse three because it oh, ties yeah. so well into verse number two. I mean, it just, you know, if, if, you, if you don't have verse two, you, you, can't. you know, you, you're, you're not going to be able to follow verse three. Most of the time, if you're, if you're doing things through selfish ambition or conceit, what's the problem? You don't have that mind that you that's need it. to be having of Christ. But, um, you know, you're mentioning, you, you know, we're talking about unity with the Father, fellowship with the Father. We need to be like Jesus because he was, he was like his heavenly Father. I mean, I think my mind went back to John chapter 17. Oh, you know, there yeah, that's Jesus, it. This, Jesus is praying for, his, for, for us today about us being one. And, and how does he illustrate that as, as yes. me and you are one, Father? And, and, and that's what we need to have. We need to have that fellowship. Uh, one with another, but more importantly with Jesus, because like your dad taught you, you know, that's the most important relationship you're ever going to have. And and then, no, so now notice verse, I was just thinking John 17 too. That's good. <laughs> we're on the same, we're on the same wave yeah, oh, here, yeah. brother. Oh yeah. So now verse three, now notice. So the relationship with God is right. Verses one and two, then verse three. Now he noticed now yourself verse three, because before you can help somebody else, your intentions and motivation has to be right. Because at, you can fake it for however long as you want to. Yeah. You can do all the right actions. You can be in the right place. You can say all the right things. You can sing all the right songs. You can be in the right place. Literally, if, you're, if your intention is not right, it will always show itself. It will always meant at some point. So now notice the relationship with the Father, verse 1 and 2. Now, what's your intention? Let nothing. So what's included in nothing? <laughs> Everything that we do. Yeah. Let nothing. So whether I preach, whether you teach, whether you do a Bible class, here's here's a question that I always like to ask Austin. Whatever you do in the in the Lord's kingdom, would you do it with the same fervor and would you do it with the same energy if nobody knew you did it? Yeah. Could you and, do and, that? And, and I mean, you know, that's a that's a great um self-examination. I was talking to a preacher one time and you know, a lot of preachers can get up and preach a great, powerful sermon in front of, you know, hundreds of people, you know, sometimes even thousands of people. But are they willing down to sit down with one person? With one. And, and with one. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we could go through and spend, I mean, you could spend a whole podcast talking about the value of one soul. I mean, Luke chapter 15 That's examines it. that. But but what are they willing to do for one? Are they willing to do what they're willing to do for the few, for the many? You know, That's I mean, it. It, it's... It, it gets down to your mind. I mean, your mindset. I mean, what's your mindset in doing this? I mean, when, when Jesus went to people, what did he see? Did he see, Hmm, what can I get out of this? That's or did he say, Hey, what, how can I further the gospel? That's or how it. can I, how can I help this person develop in their relationship religiously or, or whatever? And that's, that's what our mindset needs to be is, Hey, I, I'm just look at me as a servant. That's and it. that's what we're going to get down to. I mean, you know, I know, I know, I don't know if we'll have time to get there, but you look down. Oh, we'll and, get there. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you look at you look at Philippians chapter two as a whole. And many times we focus in on Jesus, but Paul uses Timothy, but also Epaphroditus. And you look at what Epaphroditus says. He's in verse twenty five of this chapter. He says, "Yet I consider it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my fellow brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier." I mean, I mean, what was Epaphroditus's attitude? It's not about me. I'm fighting the good fight for the Lord and I'm a fellow worker because, Hey, I see a, I see a bigger picture here. I think sometimes today we're, mm. we're just so self-centered. That's I mean, it. It, it, I mean, you know, I, it, it comes down to me, myself. I, I mean, you, you just listen to people talking. How many times they say the word, I, you know, I more, I wish I, you know, but it's not about me. You know, it, it really, if we want to get down to it, what anything on this earth is not mine. And, and we need to have that attitude that, Hey, it's all the fathers and, and he just, I just need to be a good steward of it. And, and his mindset was, was perfect there in verse three, let nothing. So think about it. If anybody deserved praise for anything, it was him, yeah. but let nothing be done through strife or a vain glory. But so anytime, and, and I say this all the time in the podcast, anytime you see the word, but it's always a contrast. Yeah. So let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but what are we supposed to do? In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. 
So the way that Jesus was able to handle how people treated him was because he understood his intentions. Whether you accept it or not, I'm still going to help. His mindset was just, it was just different, Austin. And this is, but here's the challenge. According to verse one and two, fulfill ye my joy and you be the same way. That's where it gets, that's where the challenge begins for us. And like you said, a lot of us can be, and we've all been here for being honest. We've all been here. We've all been self-centered in certain ways and certain things and certain people. But when you realize it's really not about me, it's really not about, and here's the crazy thing about it that I'm realizing, Austin, everything in life is about servitude, literally everything, how you deal with your family, servitude, marriage, servitude, your role in the church, servitude, everything is never about you, but we can tend to make those things about us when every institution, the church, the home, and the family, God has always made all those institutions a serving institution. It's crazy. Everything around us is trying to teach us. You got to serve. That's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And, and, you know, many times, you know, I mentioned this point earlier, it's, it's about self. And many times when people are maybe looking for a church or they're looking for, um, you know, whatever it may be, they're going to say, what am I going to get out of this? That's it. Instead of, instead of, what can I, what can I give? And, and I, here's another sermon mm. illustration for the preachers listening out here. And I, 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 I use this, <laughs> I, you know, um, John F. Kennedy, one of our presidents that, that uh, was assassinated, but it, during his inaugural address there in Washington, D.C., he, he gave that famous line, not ask what, what um, your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And, you know, I think, I think that's applicable today for our time talking about our country. But spiritual speaking, don't ask what you can get out of the church, but ask what you can do for the church. I mean, you know, I, I think That's it. we just have that wrong mindset. I mean, I think that just is something we're going to keep saying over and over mm-hmm. again. But I, but I want to say this. If you write in your Bibles, which I encourage you to do, you know, there at the end of verse three, he says, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I would encourage you to write verses six and seven by that verse. Because yep. now I, I know we're going to get there. But that that is how Jesus showed, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna leave the glories of heaven and come down to this old wicked world mm. and die and live because I care about you. And I think I think that's just greatly illustrated there in that text. It, I mean, every time someone preaches about that or even says that, which I still can't fathom it, to be honest with you. Like I understand it, but it's hard to fathom still. And, and so here's, and again, for those, like you said, for the preachers that are listening to, this is why as we study Philippians 2, this chapter right here is what's going to help you <clears throat> when you're facing burnout, when you're facing that loneliness that Elijah faced in First Kings, when you're facing that you're just, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore, like Jeremiah chapter 17, Lord, you tricked me, Lord, you deceived me, you said it'd be different, but I preach and I don't, I don't even want to do it anymore. But here's the the beautiful thing about those things, specifically in Jeremiah 17, where he told God, but there was this fire that was still burning with him. I had to, I had to keep preaching. So here's, here's the great thing about what Christ is teaching us. So no matter what people do to you, they're not your motivation. Your motivation is what would God do? How would the Lord handle this situation? Because again, going back to verse five, he kind of wraps up verses one through four. So let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. So again, like you said, put six and seven together. Now he gives a more broad example. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But here's the, the I love verse seven, yeah. but made himself. So guess what that indicates? He chose to do it. Yeah, exactly a right. king chose to make himself of no reputation and he took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So now the the question really from verses one through seven, if Jesus can make himself into a servant, why is it so hard for us to do that? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought about that? Why is it so hard for us to make ourselves into a servant when Jesus made himself that way? 
I think it just is the devil and his tactics of, hey, you know, it, it doesn't matter what, um, it, you know, I think if to summarize it, I mean, you, you, you look on TV and you just watch TV for a little bit. What's it all about? It's about your image. It's about, you know, I mean, social media, you got to have this, you know, you got to have new clothes. You got to have the newest car. You got to have the, the best cell phone. You know, it's all about your image. You know, but mm. you know it, it, that that stuff's not gonna matter on the day of judgment. You nope. know, and and it, I think that's just the devil and his tactics to to get it pointing back at me and what I want instead of hey, I'm just a servant. I'm just, I, you know, I mean, Jesus was a servant. I mean, you could, I mean, you could get that from this text in verse number seven, talking about bond servant, but also Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse number, yep. uh, excuse me, verse twenty, verse twenty-eight. Um, they're talking about where Jesus. Uh, put on, you know, became a servant. Um, he came not to serve, uh, or he came to serve, but not to be served. You know, I, I think I might got it backwards there, but, um, you know, it's just, and that's what our mindset needs to be. Is it, it just, if we put ourselves above anything else, you're not going to, I mean, I think you would say, I think I'd be right by saying it's going to be impossible for you to live the Christian life. The Christian life is by being like Jesus and putting others above, above ourselves. Even even if, you know, I know we're probably going to talk about this more in a second, but even if they take advantage of us, so mm. what? You know, hey, you know, people took advantage of Jesus. We're, you know, we've already mentioned that, but I, it's just, hey, I'm here to be a servant. What can I do to better the kingdom? What can I do to better the church? And I'm going to do, do it at whatever cost. That's it. That's it. And here's here's what I want to mention here before we kind of move on to the next point here. Like you said, we can literally stay in Philippians too the whole time. But here, here's the, the last thing I want to mention about this. So we have the mindset of Christ. So how did Jesus handle these situations and handle these people that used him for whatever reason that they wanted to use him for? He genuinely, his mindset was genuinely right, verse 2. So here's how we know that his mindset was right. So Paul, in chapter 3, he gave you an example of how to walk like him. So notice beginning in verse nine of chapter three of Philippians and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. So taking away my selfishness out of it, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. So, Paul, why are you taking yourself out of this? Why are you why are you not wanting glory? Why are you not wanting this so that I might know him? Verse 10 and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Here's something that you will learn for those that are listening as you walk this Christian life. You cannot really know his fellowship unless you suffer like him. So here's, here's the thing that we avoid. With any relationships, with, with anything in life, we avoid confrontation. We, invo- we avoid suffering at any point because we don't like it. But Jesus, in order to understand him and who he was, we have to be partakers in his suffering. Because then and only then can we know him. So the question becomes, when we really think about that, Austin, as we have been walking through our lives, as we kind of self-examine, are we just acquaintances of Christ or do we really know him? I think that's a that's a great question. And, and right when you said that, I mean, my mind went straight to First Peter chapter four. Yes, sir. And and and, and there, where where Peter is talking about this idea of, of suffering, you know, and, and just notice what he says. He says, "Therefore, okay." Now, the reason uh, I'm going to use a Dan Winkler saying here, the reason that <laughs> word's therefore is because you need to see what's see what it's there for. You know? <laughs> yeah, you see, it's therefore. And what's he talking about? He's talking about suffering. Verses eighteen uh, down through the rest of the chapter. But notice what he says. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh. What does that, what does that mean? Hey, Jesus mm-hmm. suffered. He, he suffered in the flesh. Arm yourself likewise with the same mind. We, we've been talking about this mindset. What do we need to have a mindset of? Hey, be ready to suffer. Yeah. And, and I, I heard this in a sermon one time talking about this text. If we, if we're not suffering, maybe it's because we've wanted to compromise and we've wanted to get along mm-hmm. to go along. And, and we just, you know, Hey, we, we just avoid it. We dodge it. Like you said, we avoid, we, we, we dodge confrontation. We dodge suffering. We just, Hey, uh, you know, Hey, I go to church. Um, I'm you know, here. I, I, I'm, I'm here. I give, you know, I do this, but 
But what about when it comes down to some issues, maybe that you need to take a stance or maybe even in your own family. And uh, maybe it's some things that, you know, hey, I, I, might, I might, you know, do this. But let me, let me say this, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about negative. We're talking about negative. But I, get, I guarantee if you stand up and you, you maybe even suffer for the cause of Christ like we're talking about here, he's going to bless you in the long run. I know, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm not going to share too many details, but I heard a story once about an elder in the church that took a stand on, um, you know, uh, following the biblical model of withdrawing fellowship. And because of it, he lost his job. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hey, talk about suffering. Hey, he did what was right. and He lost his job. But you know what? He's doing better now than he was before. That's it. And, and, and hey, you know, it, it might be hard for those few months. I guarantee you, even even if it's not here physically, God will reward you spiritually on that day of judgment. That's it. And here's another, and as we talk about this and kind of go on to our second point, here's another reason why I want to do this specifically, because I had a friend of mine and he talked about suffering because of because of the job of what he does in terms of preaching and ministry. And he told me something I just it just stuck with me as he as he said it over the phone. He said it just seems like I'm being used for doing what Jesus wants me to do. And he said, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of getting used for doing what Jesus wants me to do. And so through the scripture and through studying this, the only thing that the Bible that I thought I could say from the Bible, bro, this is a part of it. This, this is a part of the process that even going back to what Peter said, that the trial of your faith, right, which is more precious than gold. This is a part of the process. And if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, all those things that all those men and women of faith went through, all of them went through impossible and tough situations. But notice, before their name, what does it always say? By faith. By faith. That's a, and that's why relationships like the one you and I have, like the, you know, with other brethren, this is why this is so important because when you're suffering and when you're hurting, Austin, keep going, man. I know you're tired. I know it's tough. I know you're by yourself. I know it's it's difficult. And this is something that everybody else might not know. But, bro, you got to keep going. We got to keep going. And this is why the Lord gave us each other, because he knew this. And so this is the beautiful thing about the mindset of Christ, because he said, you know, I had to do it. Obviously, he was teaching the apostles, but essentially, he really had to do this on his own with him and the Father. But he says, I'm not going to leave you guys alone. You guys have each other, which is the beautiful thing about the, the church. And I, I think, you know, talking about going through maybe a trial, you know, not understanding fully why you're going through it. I think sometimes we put on our glasses and it's right here, right now. Yeah. But we don't see down the road, you know, of, hey, you know, I, I'm just being used for the cause of Christ. Like your friend was saying, hey, well, well, you know, I don't know that certain situation or, or, or circumstance, but. You know, hey, what, what's that? What by your work that you're doing now? What's that going to look like in five years? That's it. You know, what's it going to look? And what's it going to look like in ten years? Is it is it going to produce fruit worthy um, for the cause of Christ? Or what, what's it going to look like? Mm. You know, maybe um, we just need to, you know, uh, you know, keep going on. And and uh, as Jesus said, look forward, and keep plowing. You know, um, and I just think that. I think sometimes it, I know it's difficult. I've been in those situations. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I've, I've sat there a many of, uh, you know, times and it's just like, man, what, what can we do to get, get, you know, I'm just, I'm just exhausted right? physically, mentally, you know, but, but, but the only thing to do is, Hey, just keep going. That's it. And, and sometimes we don't understand why, <laughs> but that's the day. That's something we can figure out later. Okay, this is why. This is why this is so good. I got. We're supposed to move on. Here's one more. Here's one more. Let me share this outline with you. So look at Second Timothy chapter four. So Joe Wells, we had a youth rally uh, a couple hours from here, and Joe Wells did a uh, a lesson on this. Uh, this is incredible from this text. Second Timothy chapter four. Hey, before um, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if he used this uh, this quote because I I don't have it in this Bible. I have it in my other Bible that I, I recently transitioned about a year ago to this Bible. And uh, he said this, if you've missed servanthood, 
you've missed Jesus. That's it. So yes, is, he, so, is, he mentioned it. so he mentioned it. Yeah. But here's the example that he used. So, okay. So Paul is talking to Timothy here. So notice what he says in verse 17, notwithstanding, understanding where, where Timothy was, he sent Timothy to, to Crete. He sent Timothy to some rough places, notwithstanding through everything. What did the Lord always do for Timothy and for Paul? The Lord stood with me, and not only did he stand with me, but what else did the Lord do? And he strengthened me. So here's the example that he used. This, will, this is crazy. This is crazy, okay? So he used two examples. <clears throat> he used, so he said, think about your life right now. You may be in a wilderness. So let's use two examples. You have the children of Israel. They're in a wilderness. But then in the book of Acts, you had Paul who was shipwrecked, and who was on the island of Malta. He was in the wilderness. So notice what the Lord did in both those situations. With Israel, what did God provide them? Guidance, food, manna, a leader. He gave them everything in the wilderness. What did God provide Paul in his wilderness? Right? He provided him faith. He provided food. He provided all those things in Malta. So what's the difference between the children of Israel in their darkness and Paul in his darkness? Joe said their mindset. So Israel was always looking at something better than God. But Paul said, all I need is God. So in your wilderness, what are you saying? See, what's, what's, the, what's the similarities? God provided both of them with the same things. But the one thing that Paul did that the children of Israel didn't do, Paul held fast. So for us, what is our responsibility when, when we're used, when we're hurt, when we're going through what Jesus went through, when our faith is being tested, when you're by yourself wherever you are? What is your role in the situation? What did Israel do? Well, let's figure it out. Let's make a captain and let's go back. But what did Paul do? Paul stood up. And what did he tell those people on that ship? Brethren, I believe God. So look at what, as an older man, what Paul is telling Timothy. No matter where you're planted, the Lord will stand with you and the Lord will always strengthen you. But the question is, like you said with that elder, are you willing to stand up for him? And those that know when you stand up for Christ, you will lose friends. When you stand up for Christ, Things will things will happen and it's hard. But like you said, the Lord will always take care of you. It's just it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful text as we go through that in Second Timothy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Um I guess maybe to summarize this point, maybe we can move on to the second one. But I think sometimes maybe we put on our physical glasses too much. And, you know, to summarize it, it's about me, it's about what I'm doing, it's about this, 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 you know, whatever. But sometimes we just need to put on spiritual glasses and look at look at it through the Lord's eyes and saying, "Hey, I'm in your hands. That's I, it. I know you're going to deliver me, and and I'm in good hands." That's it. And that takes, according to Hebrews chapter eleven, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Exactly. So then, so how are we supposed to walk? For we walk not by we walk by faith, but not by sight. So. We can keep going, but let's go on. We got to go on to point two. So before we move on to the second point, if you want to support the podcast, we appreciate you guys so much. You can go to www.anchor.fm slash when scriptures become real slash support. And then you can support the podcast there. The podcast, uh, like we always say, it would always be free. Um, but if you want to support and help build the podcast, uh, we would appreciate it. Um, as of now, we have about three supporters monetarily each month. And we're thankful for you guys and what you do. And if you want to keep supporting the podcast, you can visit that link and you can support. All right. So we're talking about keep walking through the turnstiles. So Jesus, no matter what someone did to him, Jesus always had the right mindset. Then number two, as we kind of talk about this, how else did Jesus get through this? Jesus genuinely wanted the best for everybody, even if they used him. So as we kind of talk about that, Austin, what do you have as, as we think about the mindset of Christ as we develop this idea that Jesus genuinely wanted the best for everyone, even if they used him for ulterior motives. I think he wanted for them best spiritually. I think everything Jesus did was not 
for the physical, but rather it was for the spiritual. And he wanted uh, he wanted them to live with him in, in eternal life. And you know, even if they used him, like we're talking about here, he wanted what was best for them. Um, most importantly, spiritually, but I'm, I'm, I of course think Jesus wanted best for him physically too. But that wasn't I don't think his mindset. His his mindset was a spiritual in nature, uh, which was was what ours needs to be. And um, and that's that. I mean, you know, I, I said we need to put on our spiritual glasses, but this is something something hard to get over sometimes. I mean, you know, you you, mm. you pour your heart and soul into somebody, you, you show them that you care, and then they just they just you know up that up in one day and just be like you know hey I'm you know or yeah. you know one one thing that that I've kind of experienced personally is you know hey they only want to talk to you and be friends when you when when it's when it's convenient for them that's or it. or when they need something or or you know it's just like why like you know i'm, I'm nice to you Any, anytime you need something i'm there for you you know but then if, if i want to call and just hang out it's like oh i'm, I'm busy you know or, or you know it's just like but mm. you know it's again going back to point number one i think i think we can make everything back to point number one it's not about <laughs> me you know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be a servant i'm gonna put on i'm gonna put on my armor of god and go fight the good fight that's it and, and i think about um you know what 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 Jesus did with the leper specifically. I mean, there's there's three accounts. I know you got Mark's account uh, and Mark one. You know you got Matthew's account and Matthew eight, and you got Luke's account in Luke five, uh, talking about the lepers. But w- when Jesus heals them, remember those ten lepers. How many came back? One. And what's the question that Jesus asked? Where's the other nine? So here's here's the lesson that Jesus teaches us. You can help everybody, but it doesn't mean everybody's going to come back and appreciate it. He knew that. So one came back and said, thank you. But the natural, even Jesus himself, the natural question, I know you aren't the only one. Where's, where's everybody else? It's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting concept, but it still shows us that Jesus was still genuine, even though I mean, you think about that, Austin. Think about leprosy. If you know nothing about leprosy, not only were you were your limbs falling off, but at the same time you were disregarded and you were you were kicked out of the camp. Basically, your life was over until death. But Jesus restored them, and only one came back. It's a, it's a different type of mindset when you when you help, and it's not necessarily appreciated in a sense. And so it's it's an interesting topic as we as we think about that. You know. And, and and I think we we know the mind of Jesus because we just studied it. But he didn't do it for the thankfulness. That's it. I think he was just making a point to the people around him of, hey, you know, you can do you can do all this good work, you can you can do anything. But hey, some people just aren't going to be thankful. They're going they're going to want the physical benefits, and they're just going to go on their merry way. And you you might not ever see them again. But but the important part is, hey. There's going to be those that are thankful and those that that have a genuine heart. And those are the ones you need to focus on. That's it. And he, and here's something else I want to look at. Let's look at uh, Luke 18. Luke 18. This is this is an interesting text as well. And here's two examples. And we we talked about this before, but notice the mindset here. We have two two guys that are essentially the same. So we have the rich man in Luke 18. And remember, he asked, "Well, Lord, what do what must I do to inherit eternal life?" Jesus tells him, right, verses 19 through 20, and he said, well, I've kept all these since my youth, verse 21. But verse 22, but you lack one thing. Give all that you have and give to the poor. And so then what was his mindset? I can't do it. But then you have Zacchaeus in chapter 19. He was rich. He was in the same position. But what did he say? I will give. And if I've taken, I will give back, I believe, what was it, fourfold? If I've yeah. taken anything by false accusation fourfold, verse and, and, eight. And I preached a sermon on this recently, and and there was, I think two two laws concerning this in the Old Testament, and Zacchaeus took the stricter of the two. He didn't. He he could have very easily gotten by, and you know, I think it, uh, you know, was I can't remember the exact numbers now, but but he took the stricter of the two, saying, "Hey, I, if I've done anything wrong." I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow the stricter of the two laws because I'm gonna go above and beyond. Because hey, I I know what what um what I need to do to. I know the importance of this man that I'm talking to. That's it. And here here's a here's an example that I just 
I love so much with, with Jesus in the garden, man. And if we look at that text, I mean, we can look at, uh, let's look at Matthew's uh, account. Um, so that is Matthew chapter 26. I believe that's the right text there. But here's here's the mindset of Christ going back to Philippians 2. So Matthew chapter 26, and obviously he's arrested there. But look at his prayer beginning in verse 36. I preached a sermon on this a while back, and the sermon was entitled, Can You Not Wait With Me For One Hour? Mm. Can you not wait with me for one hour? That'll preach right there, brother. So listen, look at what he did. So think about, here's how here's how I introduced it. Here's how the text introduced it. Jesus was with those disciples for three, three years, right? What had Jesus always done for them? Everything. He's always been there for them. You know, we, we make jokes, you know, you do everything for them and their mom. Literally, he did everything for him and Peter's mother-in-law. I mean, he yeah. did everything. Yeah. So the one time, the one time Jesus needed them, the text says the disciples forsook him and fled. So that same guy that I was telling you about on the phone, I said, this is the nature of this work. The nature of this work is sometimes just like what Jesus taught. The nature of this work is you will ask that same question in verse 36. Can you not just sit here while I go pray yonder? So then notice what Jesus, so this is what this is what this proves as well. Your elders, your local preachers, your local deacons, your local families, guess what? They get tired too. They're not invincible. Just like you get tired and just like you need help, they need it too. Because in verse 38, the text says, look, this is in red. Jesus said, my soul is tired. It's sorrowful. I'm done. I'm tired. Even unto death. Look at the only thing he asked them to do, Austin. The only thing he asked them to do. He didn't ask them to do a miracle. He didn't ask them to do something that they could not do. He said, can you just sit here? That's all I want. And he couldn't even get that. I just want you to sit here for one hour. But then verse 39, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Then verse 40, there's our question. He comes to, to the disciples and everybody that he always helps they're awake when they need help, but when Jesus needs help, what are they doing? Sleep. He found Peter sleep, and that's where the question comes. Can you just not wait with me for one hour? Sometimes your local leaders, and sometimes they can't preach this because sometimes it, it, sounds, it sounds awkward and it sounds self-serving, but I'll say it. Here's why this is important. We're not asking for a miracle. We're not asking for sometimes with your leaders. They just need somebody to sit there with them. Hey, are you okay? Can, can I pray with you? Can I talk with you? Are you, are you all right? That's all, just one hour. I'm just, I just need a one hour recharge and I can keep going, but they couldn't even give Jesus that man. You know, I recently heard a story at school from one of our um, assistant principals. And he said something that I was like, it kind of was like one of those things. I never thought of it that way. It's lonely at the top. That's it. It, it. Being a leader in leadership positions, it's lonely at the top because what? Everybody's coming to you for the decisions. Hey, everybody's coming in. Everybody's coming in. Everybody's coming in. But but then, hey, everybody leaves, and then I need something. What's happening? There's nobody to turn to. Yes, sir. And and, and sometimes it's just it's just being there. Hey, it, you know, I, I listened to a sports podcast about, about leadership, and, you know, it – it was kind of talking about that servant attitude as far as being an athletic director and things like that. And it was just, Hey, go, go do your coach's duty for one day. Tell them, Hey, I got your duty, your morning duty. I got your afternoon duty. Go, go, go grade papers, go to wherever you need to do. And it's, it's that attitude of, Hey, you know, you know, Hey, it's lonely at the top and I'm going to do these things for you, but sometimes I just need you to be there for me. That's it. You know, whether, whether it's, you know, you know, bringing them breakfast even. And saying, "Hey, how's your day going? How's your week going?" It's just, just let them talk. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's amazing, and I've seen this in door knocking. I've seen this, and just talking to people. If you just ask them how their day's going, sometimes people makes, just want to talk and get it off their that's chest. It. it makes a world because they difference. have nobody else to talk to. Nope. Or nobody, nobody that seems to listen, man. And and you know, Austin, you preach is not even Sunday yet, man. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> I think you gave me another idea here you know from this text about about you know you're talking about just just all jesus asked for him was to sit and wait 
That's okay? it. And, That's it. And Jesus did everything for them. And I and you know I, was, I know this got kind of I guess maybe off topic, but we can probably make it tie in somehow. You know, when there's a big fun youth gathering or a big fun event that the church is doing, everybody in the brother shows up. But it, when, when it comes down to working or door That's knocking it. or something, what happens? You're there by yourself. Yep. Because why? It, you know, it's just, I think it kind of goes back to, hey, they're, they're using the church in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're using it for what their benefit. That's instead it. of saying, hey, I'm here to serve. And, 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 it, and as a, no, I mean, I know I'm, not a preacher i'm not you know about I me mean, I, I do a lot of work for the church but it gets it gets discouraging at times and mm-hmm. it gets frustrating because hey you, you know hey they're going to six flags and you got uh, you take a bus load and a half but then hey we're having a door knocking and it's you know it's three people you know and, and you're like well where's everybody at and, you know and and you turn around and they're nowhere to be found and, and that can be discouraging but it, it goes back to our first point of hey I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I need to do because I need to take care of business yep. and, and it's not about me. That's it's it. Not, it, it. You know, it's about, I'm going to go meet some people that I've never met before and hopefully get a contact and, and develop a relationship with them to teach them the gospel and, and then be obedient to that gospel. And here's this can, this has got to go with point two, but we're going to transition to point three, but we're going to stay in the same text. Okay. So Jesus, before Jesus met anyone, his mindset was always right. Jesus genuinely wanted the best for everyone, even if they used him. Then number three, if you're taking notes, and we'll stay here in Matthew 26, Jesus was always there for them, even after they used him. So now, where's Peter? What's he doing here in this text? (laughs) Peter's sleep. But now, notice verse 45. This is one that skipped a lot. Well, hey, hey, before we get to verse verse 45, I think it's important. You know, we just read verse 36. He, where Jesus tells them, hey, sit here while I pray. But notice what Peter said in verse 35. Even if I have to die with you, I will not <laughs> deny you. That's it. I mean, hey, hey, man, Peter's on board. Peter's, mm. Peter is is ready to go. And then he's sleeping. And I think that's just a an easy, uh, gradual progression that we can see here, you know. Ooh, okay. Okay, now you're, now you're getting something here. Okay, so verse 35. Um, I will not deny thee. And then also the other disciples said the same thing. So here's going back to your point, what you talked about with leadership. When people that think it's easy, when they try it, then they'll go to sleep because they realize it's not that easy. So when Jesus said, okay, y'all said this, I need you. Well, no, we're tired. We can't do it. See this, when you actually, like you said, with that coach, when you actually do what your minister's doing, what your elders are doing, what you know and what you don't know, then you'll realize I'm a little tired. I'm a little more tired than what I thought. This is this is tough. They really didn't understand the role of Christ. They didn't get it. But they said, "Oh, we can do it though." But then watch verse 45. I love that. Ooh, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna use that. I'm using that. So verse 45. Then cometh he to the disciples which denied him, right? Verse 35, and which were sleep. And notice how Jesus still was there for them. And he said unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. Even when Jesus needed them, he was still protecting them when they weren't there for him. Okay, you guys just take your rest. But notice what he says about to happen to him. But behold, the hour is at hand that the son of man is going to be betrayed. So even even at the end, he was still protecting them, and he was always there for them. So that's that's the that's the that's the beauty, but that's also the burden of leadership. No matter what happens, my role is through the word of God to protect you. The elder's role is to protect your soul, is to guide you. So that's that's the sacrifice that Jesus was making here, and all throughout all throughout his ministry. Jesus really didn't ask the disciples for anything, did he? But this is the one time where he was very specific. I just need, I just need an hour. And they couldn't give it to him, but he said, I'm still going to serve you. I will still be who you need me to be. That's a different level of sacrifice. It's a different level of sacrifice, brother. It is. And I mean, you think about Jesus and I mean, he, here he is praying 
and you know Luke's account gives us a more detailed record in, in some in some ways. I mean, he he's he's in so much agony that he's bleeding, uh, you know, um, sweat sweating blood, you know, literally, and and then his his best friends, the the ones that I mean that he's hand selected, is not there for him. I mean. You know, I, I kind of was going ahead here, you know, looking looking through Matthew. Mm. Of course, here here they are resting, and Jesus goes to the cross, and, they, and they're standing, you know, and of course, uh, Peter denies them three times, you know, begins to curse and swear. And, but then, even, even through all that, what does Jesus do? He comes back to be with them. Mm. I mean, he, he, he overcomes death. He comes back, and what does he do? He goes back and, and gives them the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why? Oh man! Because he wanted them to go back, go and be there for other people. Man. And and I think I just think that's just what Jesus was all about. Jesus, you know, we read mm-hmm. about how Jesus grew in Luke chapter two, and he grew socially. Jesus was a social creature. I mean, he he was one that loved people, and that's we need to be about people. And no matter what the way they treat us, we just need to always be there for people. Even, yeah, even if they it. wrong us, that's even it. if they wrong us, even if they, you know, even if, you know, I had a dispute with, with a member of the church, Hey, if they called me right now and said, Hey, Austin, I need, I need help building okay. this. Yes, this. Hey, I'll, I'll be right there. You know? Yep. And, and yeah, Hey, it's hard to swallow my pride sometimes and even say I'm wrong. Yeah. But what do I need to do? Hey, I need to be there for them. And that's what, that's what Jesus did. Even even though Jesus went to the cross, why why did he go to the cross for them? That's it. I mean, they they wronged him in every way. But why did he go to the cross for their behalf? Mm, okay, here's two things I want to mention here. So I had, I had a friend of mine who uh, I haven't talked to in a while, and uh, this person fell away for a little bit. And after a few years, this person called, and this person said, um, "I need help." but I feel like I can't ask for help because you were there for me, but I wasn't there for you. And so I feel like I can't ask for help. And so when I, when I heard that, you know, you think about Luke 15, the father was always there. Yeah. The father welcomed him back. And that's what we should be. Let this mind be in you. So who am I to withhold back forgiveness when the Lord has forgiven me? Look, man, this is what we're here for. Let's keep going. And so here's here's the thing about this. As we keep going, here's the last point I want to mention. Um, verse number 48 of the same text in Matthew 26. Now he that betrayed him gave him a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he, so hold fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Now look at look at his attitude here. And Jesus called him, and what's the first word he said? Friend. Come on, man. Friend. Come on, man. He knew. He, remember, what did he tell Judas at the table? Whatever thou doest, do it quickly. And he knew that he was going to betray him. But what does Jesus still call him first? Friend. Where are you come? Jesus was still in a mode, even as he was being betrayed in the moment. Can you imagine still calling someone friend? Ah, oh, it's it's a it's a beautiful. I, I bet you Judas felt mindset. about that big. He knew, oh. I mean, I bet you, I bet you, he just. I mean, right when Jesus said, "I, I, I was wondering how long of a pause there was between friend and the word why." Yes, friend. You know, I mean, I bet, I bet it might not have been even that long, but I bet you it felt like eternity to Judas because I mean, here he is. He just betrayed. Mm-hmm betrayed jesus and he says friend i mean that's the first word he says oh so now think about that for our mindset like you just said so when that happens to us what what do we call them what do we call those people that have done that to us friend or enemy well i I think you made a i think you made a you made a point i don't know if you made a point just a second ago sometimes those that have wronged us you know, and, and maybe they went on their way and went, and it wasn't nothing that we had. They're, they're still afraid to approach us about it because, right. you know, kind of like you said, hey, I, I, you were always there for me. And I just, 
it was it was hard for me to come back. But but why don't we be the person to go to them? We we need to be that bigger person and go to them and say, hey, I want to make this right. You know, I want I want to uh, you know I want to go to heaven together, whether it be a brother in Christ or or whatever it may be, and just say, hey, let's put that behind us and let's let let's let's fix these things because you know I just think sometimes by us swallowing our pride and going to them and saying, hey. Let's just put this behind us. We, we there's bigger there's bigger things. Bigger fish to fry. About. Yeah. Big bigger fish to fry, and and let's move on. You know, I think I think that would make a huge difference. And and the beautiful thing about what Jesus did here in verse fifty, he just proved his mindset. Everything is about the cause. Even Jesus said it's not about me because verse fifty six fifty six, all this was done, so that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Nothing was going to get in the way of the mission. So for us, like you just said, nothing should get in the way of the mission. You know, you think about when, when Paul had that issue, right? The contention was so sharp, but what never stopped the work, even though the contention was sharp. And then later on, what did Paul say? He's useful for the ministry. So it's the same concept. Go back to verse 56. Notice right after that, what happened? And all the disciples forsook him, him and fled. Hey, after, even even at this point, it, it been in Jesus, you know. But what does he do? He he goes and dies on the cross for them, for us. But but you know, mm. and then he just continues to. Uh, mm. We continue to reap the benefits of of his sacrifice today, and that's just that's just powerful. I mean, talk I'll, about lonely. Mm. You know, we talk about it. leadership's lonely at the top, like we mentioned a minute ago. Hey, Jesus was lonely. That's it. And he understands. Yes. And that's why the psalmist writer says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Because he really, he really gets it. He really understands. Yes. And here's the, here's the last point I want to mention, then we'll kind of close it out here. So with the disciples forsaking him, obviously Judas at this point had already hung himself before Christ was dead. But Peter Verse uh, verse number 75, when Peter understood when the cock crew, he wept bitterly. So when the, when the women, when they found Jesus, who did Jesus say to go tell? Go tell Peter. So Jesus was always ready. Yeah. Always. He called Judas friend and the person that said, I will never deny you that curse. I, I don't, boop, boop. I don't know the man. I, yeah. I don't know the man. But he said the first thing go tell him I'm back. Go tell him. It's the same concept that we let this, we read that cause it sounds real nice, but when the scriptures become real, when you really got to do it, then let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ. It's, it's a different mindset that we got to have, but it's something we got to work at. Yeah. It's it. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's something you got to work at. It's not, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. No, I mean, it, no, 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 it's no. not like I wake up and I'm going to have the mind of Christ. It, it's a, it's a progression that happens. Every, I think, you know, we've already mentioned this verse, take up his cross mm-hmm. daily. daily. I mean, it's, it's something you got to do every day. And, and uh, anytime I preach a sermon at the beginning of the new year, I always tell the congregation, are you a better Christian today than you were last year? Because if you're not, you're not doing it right. That's it. And, and I think I think that just sums it up very, very good of, hey, it's not about me. It's about the work of the Lord. And and no matter which way I'm treated, whether it be ugly, wrong, I just need to keep on doing what I'm doing because there's a bigger cause. And that's the Lord's cause. That's it. So as we as we kind of close this topic of keep walking through the turnstiles, everybody used Jesus for different reasons. But Jesus still had that control within himself to have the right mindset, to genuinely still want the best for people, and to always be there. That's the mindset that he wants us to have. So I hope that that was able to help you guys as you study. Go back and look at these verses again. Study for yourself. Make your own notes and really develop so you can develop that mind of Christ as well. So before we get out of here, Austin, um, I know people have uh, you know questions sometimes or um, you know, things that maybe they want to ask the guests. So right now, Austin, I'll give you the time to kind of give maybe your own personal social media stuff if they have questions. But also I know that there's some things that you want to uh to plug that, that are good that are going on in the brotherhood right now as well. Yeah. Um feel free to follow me on um, any 
social media sites, uh, Facebook. I got uh, my, just my normal name, Austin Fowler. Instagram, I think it's Austin Fowler 4. And Twitter, I think I'm Coach A. Fowler because I, I do a lot of tweeting for the school and uh, record uh, keeping score and things like that. So uh, feel free. Uh, I try to post what, uh, my work on there as much as I can. Uh, but I am I work uh, particularly with House to House, Heart to Heart School of Evangelism. I co-direct American Mission campaigns with Rob Whitaker. Uh, Rob is I would probably say one of the best evangelists that I that I know personally, and he he loves souls. Um, going back to what we talked about, it's all about people and it's all about their spiritual welfare, and, and that's what that's what we focus on. So we we do campaigns here in the United States, uh, particularly door knocking campaigns. We're going to venture out to some vacation Bible schools and some other type of events moving forward. Uh, but we have two campaigns this year, uh, June the 11th through the 18th in Covington, Tennessee. That's uh, north of Memphis, about 45 minutes. And then we're actually going to the Knoxville area, July 23rd through the 30th, uh, helping the Carnes Church of Christ and also the West End congregation there in Knoxville. So it'll be a joint effort. And so uh, we'd love for you to come and be with us. The event is free. Uh, the only expense is your hotel, and uh, your meals that you'll be eating, uh, we'll provide one meal, uh, breakfast, most of the time is available at the hotel, and uh, dinner each evening. But um, if you'd like to stay with a member to cut down on costs and it'd totally be free, uh, we have that option available as well. So um, a, lot of, a lot of good work that we do. If you want more information, feel free to email me at austin at house2house.com or visit our website at amc.house2house.com. Yes, sir. And I'll link all those, as many as I can. Uh, on the social media pages as well. So we appreciate you guys. And Lord willing, we will be back on Monday with another podcast. Thanks, guys.